This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Thursday's solo episode. My name is Renee and I am the host of The Mom Room. I never say that, but welcome. My name is Renee. I wanted to give a little bit of a life update. I feel like the solo episodes have been a little bit topical lately. And so I haven't just been like sharing about what's going on in our lives, things that I'm struggling with, things that I'm loving, you know, and I'm also not sharing as much on stories on Instagram, because to be quite honest, if you're a creator that is constantly storying throughout your day, which like I wasn't, I was pretty much like that. Like, Felt like I always had to be storying or documenting everything that I was doing. And in 2024, I was like, I want to be more present. I don't want my phone in my hand 24-7. So I started putting my phone away for long periods. And then what happened after doing that for a while was that I just kind of lost the need to story things, if that makes sense. So like lots of things are going on and I don't necessarily put it out there, but I thought I could catch you all up on some things on the podcast, which is ideally how I like to share my information. I quite enjoy social media and creating content, but not so much my specific life things, if that makes sense. Anywho, a little bit of a life update. I am waiting for my period to start and it's half here like if you spot before your period comes that's a sign of like a hormonal imbalance like you should just start your period right away for me I like spot for four five days before I actually get my full period it's really annoying but I do think like 10-ish days before my period is when things start to go south like I'm not sleeping well I'm super irritable for a few days in there and it's funny how these things are very specific like I don't sleep well for maybe like four or five days I'm irritable for like maybe two three days to the point where I met with Miranda from the period lab yesterday and she was asking me questions like what because I'm going to start working with her very closely for the next four months to try and figure out this period cycle luteal phase bullshit and it's very um, personalized approach so what exactly is going on like what are things that you want to help like get better so when she was asking what specifically I want to eliminate or get better when it comes to my cycle, I was like, ovulation pain. I get raging ovulation pain for about 12 hours every single month. Like day 13, moving into day 14, it's like clockwork. 12 hours of like, I'm in the fetal position in pain, unless I take a naproxen or a Tylenol or something, then it's usually pretty manageable and it's fine. But if you get that, like I remember when my husband and I went to the Pink concert, I think that was in September, and I'm like, oh my God, when we were at dinner before the concert, I was like, I'm getting ovulation pain, like it's starting. And then all throughout the concert, I was just like in debilitating pain and I didn't have Tylenol or anything on me. So frustrating. Usually I'm at home, so I just like take an naproxen. But honestly, like what is going on? It's inflammation. So how can we get rid of that? Okay, so ovulation pain is one. Then it is the not sleeping for four or five days in luteal phase, the super irritability. And when I say irritability, I'm very aware of when it's happening. Like I do 
do not feel like myself. And it's almost like you don't have the capacity to deal with things that normally are not even a big deal, if that makes sense. Like, I don't have the capacity. Like, I don't have the patience. I don't have, and I hate being that way. Like, I hate it. So sometimes I can really manage it and I'm just like a miserable human being inside, but I can like pick up on what's happening and I know exactly what time of the month it is. And, you know, like I get it. I feel like when you are more aware about what's going on and what point in your cycle you're at, you're better able to manage symptoms, which is why it's so helpful to track your cycle and track symptoms because before, and like this has probably been going on for like a year or so, you just, you're like all of a sudden I'm like in the worst mood ever and like questioning everything in life for, you know, four or five days and you just, you're not like attributing it to anything. So you think that's just how you're feeling. But when you actually track it and you're like, oh my God, interesting. It happens at the exact same time every single month and it's in luteal phase. And that is a very common symptom of like hormone fluctuations. Then it's easier to be like, oh, this is happening again and to try and manage it. It's also very helpful for me to tell my husband, like he knows now, you know, sometimes in luteal phase, like I'm gonna just pass on bath time and bedtime or whatever it might be. You know, people are there to offer support when you need it, which is nice. So yeah, those also that which what goes along with the irritability is like this very just lack of motivation, almost like apathy, if that makes sense. Like you're just kind of like, whatever, like everything is kind of shitty, which again, like I know now to expect that and when it's going to happen and I can pick up on it. Like I'm very self-aware, but at the same time, like if you look at my personal Instagram account, like I haven't posted in a few days because I just have no desire to post something to create content, which now learning that about myself, I can then plan on maybe pre-recording and saving content for that time of the month because I do not want to create anything. I'm just kind of like, like that's exactly how I describe my feeling for like four or five days of luteal phase. But anyways, I think once my period kind of kicks into gear, not necessarily when it's super light spotting, but once it gets closer to like my actual period starting, then I feel a lot better. Like yesterday, I had a super good sleep. I was like, go, go, go all day. Still didn't feel like creating content. I still don't feel like creating content really. And now today it's even more so like I had another really good sleep and I'm like showered and like ready to go and getting just a million things done. But it is so interesting to learn about your cycle. And I miss the days when I was on birth control and it was just like everything was normal and balanced all month long, you know, no fluctuations, not the case anymore. Um, So that is one thing that I'm super excited about. And obviously I'm going to share everything that I learn, like changes that I make. It is really like nutrition, um, learning to manage stress, and I've been really good at that in 2024, I think, with, you know, giving myself time to watch things that I want to watch and like read more and go to yoga and put my phone down and really just do what needs to be done instead of like work, 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 work 24-7. Um, I want to take more time to like hang out with friends and do all 
that kind of stuff. So I'm also excited to learn how to work out with my cycle because I need to build muscle. I need to build muscle. O-M-G. Okay? My glutes, my hips, my lower back, like unacceptable. My core, my lower back just hurts constantly. Like, am I 95? Part of it, I think, is that I sleep on my stomach. And last night I didn't. I made sure that I stayed on my side with my, like a thick pillow in between my legs. And my lower back already feels better today. But seriously, I need to work out my shoulders. Like, It's just crazy. So looking forward to that. I also would like to do some kind of cardio thing, you know? Am I going to start jogging? I don't know. I really want the Peloton treadmill. So yeah, we'll see. I can't like, I really want to get a gym membership, especially because one of the gyms here has a steam room and a sauna and like, hello, like that I'm obsessed. So if I could kind of get that, I just can't imagine leaving the house and going to the gym as another thing to do to like take up time in my day, you know, but it maybe if I made a schedule and stuck to it, I don't know, because I would love to have a sauna and a steam room regularly. Oh my God. Yes, please. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day, and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner, I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. If you're like me, then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children, prepping food, going to the grocery store, all of the above. Who has the time? We are all so busy, and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Little Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals. So you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. The Little Spoon plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like potstickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. 
you quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right, the quality is unmatched, you are going to love it and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. One major exciting update is that we are going to Disneyland in February and I am so excited but nowadays I feel like every time I have some big thing planned and if it's just like a work trip to LA or something like whatever I can just cancel that it's not a big deal but when it's something like okay we're going to Disneyland or you know if you have tickets to some big event that you've been looking forward to in the back of my mind I'm always like oh my god one of us is gonna get sick like someone's gonna get sick we're not gonna be able to go so stressful but I'm trying not to think about that So yes, Disneyland is the one in LA, not the big one in Florida. But everyone I talk to says that Disneyland is really good for your first time, especially if you have a little kid, because it's a lot smaller, more manageable. It's not as chaotic and overwhelming. Um, We are staying right in the park, which is nice. And we are bringing my mom. So Pri and I can go and do stuff some of the evenings, but I'm so excited. I'm also like, I need to, I've never been to the one in LA. I've only been to the one in Florida when I was a teenager. So like we have to go there at some point as well. But yeah, I'm like, what do I wear? What's the temperature going to be? Like so many things. Do I bring my bathing suit? Like, is it swimming weather? Yeah. So very excited. I don't think Milo fully understands where we're going and what it is, but we kind of want to keep it that way anyways. I think he'll be super excited. So I cannot wait for that. It is a hosted trip. So Disneyland is hosting us. I just want to make that clear uh, just in case, you know. Vanderpump season 11 episode one was on last night and honestly, it was not the best. It was a little bit boring. You can tell that these people don't really hang out that much except for like Sheena and Lala because if you follow them on Instagram, you know that they're always together. But like you can tell they are literally just setting up times to go and record together or film together and that's it. Like, okay, James is gonna play at TomTom. And so everyone got together and they were like sectioned off at the restaurant, which like that never used to be the case. So it was just, it just felt like, like they had to schedule a time to get together, to film, to bring up these certain things. I don't know. It just didn't feel like it normally feels. Maybe it'll get better, but yeah, it was just odd. And I was surprised that Lala texted Raquel and I'm curious if she ever responded and if they're going to show that on the show. And honestly, part of me is like producers made Lala do that and like created this storyline just to try and get Raquel somewhat in the show. Do you know what I'm saying? And same with like Tom Sandoval not being in the first episode. You know they were like, oh, let's film a little bit while he's still doing that, whatever that show was that he was filming. And then we're going to make it like suspenseful. Like he comes home for the second episode. And it's like, okay. So I don't know. We'll see. I hope it gets better because I love that show so much. Moving on. The I was thinking about this the other day. So these are some controversial topics that just should not be controversial in my opinion. Okay. Number one, there was a thing on parents uh, Instagram account. It's just at parents. They always 
post these like thought-provoking questions or like things that are in the news in the parenting world right now. And one of the things that they posted was like, will you be letting your children have sleepovers? Why or why not? Sleepovers are such a big topic nowadays. And a while back because some of my family members have kids that are teenagers now, but I remember hearing that they were not allowed to ever have sleepovers. Like that wasn't a thing that was allowed in their family. And when I was growing up, sleepovers were like the be all end all, like sleepovers all the time with like every single friend that you had. Slumber parties, sleepovers every single weekend, like that was what kids did. And they were so fun and we didn't really like do bad things or anything. But I think nowadays there's so much more to worry about. And I swear to God, it all goes back to like cell phones and it's like, It's not like I went to a sleepover at my friend's place and we had access to like talk to everybody in the world at any given time. You know, it's like we were literally playing games or like doing each other's makeup or watching movies or like unless you're using the home phone line to like call a boy or like another friend, you're not talking to anybody. So you're not like sending inappropriate things. You're not like in constant communication, like Snapchatting. Like it's a totally different thing nowadays. Also, the whole thing about not really knowing people's parents and like where your kid is going to be going to sleep is also a whole thing that I think a lot of people nowadays are just like, I don't even want to have to deal with this, think about these things. Uh, So just no sleepovers across the board and that's it. For me, Milo obviously is too young right now to even have this conversation. I don't even know if he would sleep at a family member's house like on his own right now because he's just like attached to us and that because we have lived away from family for so long, that's not even a thing that he's done, you know? So if he were to sleep at a family member's house overnight, it's because we're like far away. It's not like my mom lives two streets over and he's going to go for a sleepover. So that probably won't happen until he's a lot older. But with regard to like a friend's house, like I can't picture letting him sleep over at a friend's house unless it was like I really knew the parents on a personal level if that makes sense so let's say down the road he's like really good friends with Ariana's little boys which there's a little bit of an age gap there so I don't think that would happen but I'm just using her as an example like that would be fine to me like I know how she parents I know um like the kind of person that she is, like I know her whole family, so it's different. But like somebody else where it's just like he's really good friends with the kid at school and like I've met the parents a few times, like not a chance, like not a chance. And I'm so curious if nowadays sleepovers are a huge thing to kids, like if they ask to go on sleepovers all the time or has that died down now? Because I know for me, like we were like making massive performances for our parents like okay let's work on this like choreographed dance all day and then in the evening let's perform in front of both sets of parents and we'll end the the dance with us being like can we have a sleepover this was my life 
every single weekend. Can we sleep over? Can we have a sleepover? Can we have a sleepover? Nonstop. So yeah, it's interesting. I'm hoping that it's not so much of a thing anymore, but I can see like my hope is just that Milo has a couple close friends that we are really close friends with their parents so that he can have sleepovers and experience that because it is fun to like stay up late with your friend and like watch movies and then wake up and have breakfast. Like that is a fun thing. So we shall see. I would probably allow friends to sleep at our place if I had, again, like a closer relationship with the parents. We'll see. We'll see when the time comes. Also, I saw a thing on the parents account that said, should schools ban cell phones? So obviously that account is in the US. So they were talking about the US and then everybody was commenting like, let's ban guns before we ban cell phones. But besides that point, which I get it. If I'm thinking about in Canada or just in schools in general, yeah, cell phones should not be allowed smartphones, I should say. If you want your child to be able to contact you at school, like from school, get them a flip phone or a phone that just calls you directly that they can punch in a number or they have like their little contacts and they can call people. Smartphone, not needed. 100% I think smartphones should be banned in schools. 100%. What are they being used for? Then kids, they're not socializing at recess, at lunchtime. They're literally sitting on their phones. Like my husband and I go to the mall and the food court is just full of young kids in groups, sitting in the food court, staring at their phones, like sending Snapchats to one another instead of like actually talking and doing stuff. It blows my mind. How much research do we need on how bad smartphones and social media, like how bad they are for kids before we start implementing actual changes to protect them? I feel like it's coming. It's just taking a long time. And I feel like these smartphone and like social media companies are so big and powerful that it's probably going to be difficult to do, like to pass these things. But mm -mm. smartphones in schools, no bueno. And it's not needed. Like there's no need for that. If you want your kid to have a smartphone when they get home, then that's fine. Send them to school with their little flip phone and that's it. That is it. It must be a nightmare for teachers to have to deal with kids and smartphones in school too, I would imagine. Like it's just another layer of bullshit that they have to deal with. If anything, are kids allowed to have smartphones sitting in class in their pocket or do they have to stay in their lockers? Like there has to be some kind of boundary with the smartphones and school. And the fact that kids are on their smartphones 24-7 is not healthy. Like they're on their phones all day at school, then they're on their phones all day after school, then they're on their phones all evening when their parents go to bed in their room on their phones. Like it's okay to just from the start of school to the end of school, no phones. It's a nice little break. Um, Bribes. Oh my God. So I was thinking about bribes because Milo's been taking swimming lessons and it's been great. And we kind of got screwed over because when he was a baby, he did swimming lessons in Sudbury. But this was like, he's a baby, you know, it was just to get him comfortable in the water. So we did that. And then when we moved down south, I didn't realize that it was like harder to get into the Olympics 
as a competing athlete than it no, it's harder to sign your kid up for a goddamn lesson, swimming lesson, than it is to enter the Olympics as an athlete, okay? My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right, and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Lola V. Lola V is an award-winning hair care line by none other than Jennifer Aniston. They offer clean, plant-powered products for every hair type and texture. I just did my whole hair care routine with all the products the other night, and I am obsessed. Along with incredible shampoo and conditioner, they have an intensive repair treatment that you can use once a week. They also have a lightweight hair oil. There's a leave-in treatment, and there's also a glossing detangling which I need because lately I want to do my hair in like a slicked back look, but my hair is too frizzy. Get 15% off Lola V with the code MOMROOM at www.lolav.com slash MOMROOM and Lola V is L-O-L-A-V-I-E. I remember waking up, I was like, oh, okay, we can register for swimming lessons on um, whatever day, starting at 9 a.m. So I like bring Milo to daycare, get back home. It's like 9.30, 10 a.m. I log in to like register him. Everything sold out. I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like nobody told me you had to be, it was like buying Era's tour tickets to get your kid in swimming lessons in the area that we were living in. So anyways, luckily I found a place here that they had openings. And then what happened was after that, then it was COVID. And, you know, it was like a whole debacle. So now he's five. He's never really had swimming lessons. He's comfortable in water. Like that's not an issue, but it's a safety thing, especially because we go to my parents' place all the time. You know, you go to someone's house that has a pool. Like it's a safety issue, which is why we have such a hard boundary about you're going to swimming lessons and there's no negotiating. He always ends up having fun when he gets there and in the pool, but it's really hard to get him in the pool. Like we get there and he's like, I'm just going to watch. Like, I don't want to go in the pool. I'm like, what are you talking about? So every time like one of the trainers or instructors has to kind of like, you know, they work their magic and get him in the pool and it's fine. But I was thinking about bribes because in my mind, like swimming lessons, again, it's a safety thing. Like it's not like, oh, let's go have fun and play soccer. Like, no, you need to get swimming lessons and you need to learn how to swim as a safety thing. So it's a non-negotiable. So is it okay to use a bribe to get him in the goddamn pool? You know, they always say like, you never bribe your kid. And so I've always been very careful to be like, Milo, get your snow pants on and then we're going to have a couple Smarties in the car. 
You know, it's not a bribe. It's not like if you put your snow pants on, you never want to start with if. If you put your snow pants on, you'll get Smarties. So I always just make it like a sequence of events, like eat your breakfast, get your snow pants on, and then we'll have a couple Smarties in the car. I don't know why I'm using that that as an example. We don't have Smarties in the car, but you know what I mean. So when it comes to swimming, I was thinking about it and I'm like, is it bad if we use bribes to get him to go to swimming and do the whole class and just get in the pool? Because it's a safety thing. So that is that might be like a gray area of bribes, you know, like for the most part, don't bribe your children to do things. But when it comes to swimming lessons, I might be like, if you go to swimming and you do the whole class and you get in the pool, we're going to get tidbits on the way home. And I will start the sentence with if because I mean it. It's a bribe and I mean it. So I was thinking about that because at the end of the day, I just want him in the freaking pool and I want him to learn how to swim. So if I have to bribe him or is that going to backfire? You know, is that going to backfire in a few years? And he's going to be like, maybe swimming is not good because they had to give me Timbits to go swimming. I don't know. Let me know your thoughts. Are bribes always bad? Or when it comes to safety, is it okay? Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to make this a TikTok. Not like me talking right now, but I thought I would give this information on the podcast as well. So I'm always thinking like, I feel like YouTube has like a negative association with it when it comes to kids. So Milo loves YouTube kids and we do limit when he can watch it. In the mornings when he has his breakfast, he usually watches YouTube kids for like, it's like 10, 15 minutes. Um, And then after school, we don't really have the TV on for most of the time, but sometimes like after dinner or maybe even while we're having dinner, we'll put on YouTube kids if he requests it. And then before bed, we always watch Bluey and that's it. What was I going to say? Yeah. So, so many people are like against YouTube and I get it. And here, like the things that I dislike about YouTube for children is that they do have the option to like click around and watch all kinds of things. And I know when he was younger, that was a problem. And we banned YouTube kids for a long time because he would put something on and then be like, no, like this one. No, this one. No, this one. And I would be like, oh my God, this is not happening anymore. He would have a, he would be like, we'd have to pick him up and bring him to the TV to like pick out what like tile, like thumbnail he wanted to watch. And then he'd change his mind. I was like, this is not happening. So he's grown out of that now. And there are certain things on YouTube that he loves to watch. And honestly, I love it too. Did I just see a spider? Oh my God, guys. Anyways, I enjoy it too. And there are channels on YouTube that I freaking love. And I think they're honestly better than watching some random cartoon on TV. Uh, So I screenshot some of the channels that I do quite enjoy and that he watches often. The first one I am obsessed with, it's TD Bricks. Okay, this guy has my dream job. All he does is build Legos. I'm like, set me up a studio with a bunch of lights and cameras and just let me build Legos and edit YouTube videos. Like, what a dream. It's super fun. It's like him building like cities out of Legos. He's very entertaining. The videos are very high quality. Love TD Bricks. Second one, T-Rex Ranch. Dinosaurs for kids. Obsessed. They do so many fun things. We've seen them go to Jurassic World in LA, you know, like hunting for dinosaurs. They do some like toy opening things. I just love it. It's like a dad. It started off with a dad and his kid and I really enjoy it. You know, it's like real life video, like a home video. I just really like that one. Uh, The Fixies. 
so cute. It's a little cartoon of these little fixies that if something breaks in your house, they go in and fix it. And while they're doing that, they're explaining how everything works in that product. It could be like anything. I think they do body stuff too, but so educational. Very nice. The Dodo channel, all kinds of like animal rescues. Some of them are like hard to, like I feel bad. I'm like, oh my God, what's happening? I get invested in these, but so cute. It's like real life animal stories, you know, like, oh, this this mummy kitty like lost her baby and they went and found her and now like, look at this and it follows them along. Love, okay. Uh, There's one channel called Tiny Cakes and they literally, it's like a cooking show, but all you're seeing is the food and the hands. And they make recipes with tiny, like they'll have like a tiny little piece of salmon and like put it on a little frying pan and like make a dish with like little tiny broccoli. It's the cutest thing ever. I love it. A new one that he has watched a few times now is called Danny Go. And he was up in the living room. It's like a exercise, not exercise, but they follow along with what he's doing. He's like, oh, we got to run away. And he was loving life, like doing everything that he was doing. Like, oh, we got to jump over the lava. Ah." So that was awesome. And then one that we watch quite often, which honestly, I get into it as well, is Colin Amazing is the name of the channel. And it's just kids in this family. There's older, like some older kids and like probably like five-year-old, like younger kids. And they do competitions around the house. It'll be like, who can get 15 trick shots faster? Like this team versus this team. And it's just the kids and they're filming with their video cameras. It's very like home video, but so entertaining. It'll be like a basketball trick shot, like a ping pong. Uh, You have to flip a water bottle over and get it like standing upright. It's just very entertaining. And it's so cute because after they make a trick shot, they're always like, let's go. And so yesterday we were in the tub and Milo had this little Lego basketball thing set up in the tub and he was trying to shoot a ball in it. And then he gets the ball in and he's like, let's go. (laughs) Anyways, those are some of my favorite YouTube channels for kids. Uh, If you don't agree with me, I don't care. Yeah, go YouTube kids. So that is today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. My sister and I have so much to talk about on Insufferable this week. We record tomorrow. All the episodes come out on Mondays. People are loving it. I'm not going to lie. My whole family listens to it and like loves to give their feedback and... It's just going really well. So I'm very excited about that. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you on Tuesday. I hope your children sleep tonight and let them watch those YouTube kids channel, okay? And no sleepovers, okay.